for managing the content, think about all the people that need to access to it and all the different places it's going to go. And I think that's going to really help guide the needs you're going to have um, for proper management. And it really comes down to organizing content for access, findability, and discoverability, uh, optimizing your content for use and repurposing. Um, you don't want to just create something once and then never be able to find it or use it again. Hello, e-commerce professional. This is the e-commerce best practice podcast. My name is Isaiah. And my name is Aaron. We take you on a trip through the world of online sales. And we will show you the best sales promotional ideas, the most creative innovations for your customer journey, and the smartest life hacks for your e-commerce business. Welcome to our e-commerce best practice podcast. Today we have a very special guest and we're happy to have him here. His name is Nathan Holmes. Nathan, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron and Isaiah. Um, I work at Widen as a product marketing manager and Widen provides cloud-based digital asset management and product information management software. Um, and so really passionate about helping brands simplify how their brand marketing and product content is organized and accessed and delivered to market. And I've been with one for, for eight years. And so I've seen a, kind of how this space has been evolving over time. And um, especially over the, the last couple of years, um, e-commerce has just really grown and gone from a nice to have to, to business critical. Wonderful. So you've seen a lot of the of e-commerce and how it changed, how it grows. So you really have a, a first person view. Yeah. That's cool. Great to have you. Yeah. It's great to be here. Welcome. <laughs> can you can you can you name an example of product content that really impressed you? Sure. I think the the most impressive like product content is where it's all working together cohesively. So not just a specific image or video, but really when a brand um, just tells a cohesive story with all the different parts working together to help um, communicate their product. I'm trying to think of one one example recently. I think a, a camping uh, tent. I was, I was looking for a tent recently. And so just trying to understand how am I going to fit in it? Um, what is it going to look like when I set it up? Is it going to be able to stand the wind? And so being able to see the pictures, picture myself in it, have the dimensions to know, is it big enough? Um, bringing a, a nine-month-old camping, I want to make sure that our crib fits in it. Um, and so then um, seeing that tent at REI, um, being able to find the specs, um, seeing the review. So just that whole story right in front of me really helped me feel confident about making that purchase of the tent. Would you bought it if it was only one picture, one price, and only through the mentions? I don't think so. I don't think I would have felt confident that it would have worked. You know, maybe if they have a generous review po or return policy. Um, but <laughs> At I, least I, they would have a chance then. <laughs> it might have a chance, but yeah, really want to see the different angles because something like a tent, like it's different from each view you're seeing. So one image really wouldn't be able to convey Absolutely. what I need to buy. Every time you want to buy something, it's always okay. You have the pictures, you, you know how the product looks, you have the dimensions. So, you know, okay, I'll fit in it, but why should I buy this or why should I buy that? Mm -hmm. Same dimensions. The one is double the price. Why is it double the price? Is it better quality or, 
or I don't know what is it about it. So that's where well, I see. Okay, that's where content kicks in because I have a lot of products, I have a lot of options, but which fits best to me. I don't always see that on the on that one picture that's there, and it's not always about the dimensions. Maybe it's about the I want the best quality. Which one mm -hmm. has the best quality? How can I see the quality if I only have a picture of the product and I only have the dimensions? That's where exactly. a lot of people, I think, get confused at and say, okay, well, uh, I don't know. I'll just not buy it because I have no idea. Well, I'll just take a hotel because I'm not finding a good tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's also important to, to know if it's complete or do I have to buy additional equipment? Mm -hmm. what, what, do I, what else do I need? Do I need any... Mistakes, yeah. You're going to attach it to the ground or is it going to fly away? Do I have to buy them additionally or are they included? Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's where we can talk about uh, cross-selling as well. I think this is important. But thanks for your example. That's really interesting. And I think tenting is um, is a good example for, um, yeah, for where product content is important. Okay, you are an expert and you published a lot of articles about product content, about uh, e-commerce. And can you give us some aspects? Why is product content important? What is it good for? Sure. Well, I think as there's more shopping and, and buying behavior online, our products are becoming information. When we can't interact physically with the products, um, we're relying on what we talked about, on um, whatever the shoppers can read, see, um, or hear about it. So the product is becoming the images, the videos, um, the text, the specifications um, that shoppers can interact with online. And so that's impacting the customer journey from starting to do research, like with our tent example, like what do I need to go camping all the way through making sure that I'm getting the tent that's going to be right for my needs. Various types of content are going to help those shoppers find the right product. When it comes to brands, I think there are also aspects where brands benefit from product content. Yeah, I think it's important in branding as well as in, okay, just sales. Because, okay, if you know what you're buying, you're probably going to buy it. <laughs> And if you don't know what you're getting into, you're probably not going to buy it. But if I have, let's say, five shops or I have multiple shops or I have no shops, but If I have a brand image, I want to spread that as well to, you know, just make the patient feel good. So, okay, you know where I'm coming from. He sees uh, the same information on my website as in the shop, for example. So, okay, okay, that's the real brand telling me what's something about the product. Mm -hmm. We think about brand. We're thinking of all the different interactions customers are having with us. Um, so that includes our products. That includes the experience of shopping if we have our own website or mobile app. So making sure that information is always accurate, uh, making sure when they do make a purchase that um, they're getting what they expect, and then really providing a good experience in addition to a great experience with our products. Would you yeah, say right. marketing content can build trust in a brand? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually just worked on our, our connectivity report um, with Widen where we were uh, researching how product information uh, was impacting um, the customer experience and brands and really found that it is important for customers to be able to find that information about products. Um, and it does help establish some trust. Um, you obviously have to deliver on that, but that information does support your brand. Do you have some numbers for us? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> Perfect. Everybody loves numbers. <laughs> 
Uh, so uh, according to uh, a 2020 Edelman report, 70% of consumers believe that being able to trust a brand uh, is more critical today than in the past. That's great. That's yeah. a big number. 70%. That's a big piece. 70% is a lot. Yeah. 87%, uh, this is according to our connectivity report, say that it's important um, that customers trust their marketing efforts. So we're kind of seeing it both ways that marketers believe that trust is important and consumers are also saying that it's important that they trust the brands. Yeah, I see that on both sides as well. Yeah, and I, I think that's true of any relationship that you want trust to be able to go both ways. Absolutely. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. That's cool. That was some very interesting numbers. Yeah. I think um, the shopping experience can also build up a whole world like in your imagination you can you can imagine or experience how you would feel for example when you go tenting you picture yourself on the campsite or at a river and with your tent and i think this is more than just information it's also experience mm -hmm. that's a good point especially if we keep it to the to the tent if i'm in the online shop i have a big bounty you know family, child, standing in front of a tent on at the lakeside or whatever, you know, wow, I was going to go with my family. I, that could be me, you know, just to really identify with with the product, you know, okay, that could be me. That I, I guess that's a definitely a plus location I buy it. If you're really going to identify with it, you already bought it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I think it's an interesting dynamic between the more established brands that maybe in the past got away with their reputation, their brand recognition, people searching for them. So maybe they didn't invest as much in their content. Maybe they do have only one or two photos, some just basic information um, because they've been reliant on consumers knowing about their their brand. But that kind of opens the door for newer brands who are investing in content, who understand the value of creating and connecting to that kind of like lifestyle experience. Um, and so when they're finding those product pages, consumers are open to that message when they see those kind of um, images, videos that are connecting to their lifestyle. And so that can take away from some of the established presence of the brands that have been there for longer. Great uh, example, because that's something I actually see a lot on Amazon, for example. Amazon, they have their a plus section where they um, let the manufacturers do content. And some uh, of the brands or a lot of the brands or some Chinese companies, you know, trying to copy different things. And these are the companies that mostly have the best A-plus content at all. Mm -hmm. They don't have the best product the most times, but they have the best content because they say, okay, the product is the product, but we're going to make it look good. We're going to, you know, work with pictures and text and emotions and banners and videos. And that's how we're going to get people to buy it. One of the biggest challenges is how to distribute the product content. That's where you at Widen have a great solution mm -hmm. because you you help your customers manage their content because it's easier for them to distribute the content if it's well managed yeah absolutely i think marketing teams kind of admirably muscled through the challenges of, of last year but when we're talking about kind of working agilely being able to get this information um you know we're creating more videos we're creating more imagery 
So that's more to manage in its own. But then we have more places we're trying to distribute. If you want to get your products on a new part marketplace, um, if changes happen to those products, then you have to update it everywhere it's happening. And so we're finding that's really becoming critical to have proper management of your product content, your, your brand content, all of the different bits of information that represent your products and brands. And organizations are, are they're struggling with content silos because a lot of different teams are creating this. You know, you've got copywriters, photographers, videographers, as well as pulling in information from the engineering teams, um, the specs and all of that. Um, and then there's like this lack of integration between the platforms. And I kind of like to think of it, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the childhood game of telephone where kids kind of whisper in each other's ear yeah. a message yeah. and by the end it's a completely different um and so we're kind of dealing with with something like that when we're having all these different teams um collaborate on trying to create this seamless experience but we're working with kind of a, a fragmented approach um behind the scenes which you know it's it's doable but it's challenging it's time consuming and so that's where I think organizations are, are turning to digital asset management and product information management and, and combining those two. Um, so you're managing all of the digital assets, the videos, the images, all of the feature lists, the benefits, the product specs, and creating that one view of all of the most up-to-date information about your products and then distributing it down to Amazon, to Walmart, to your e-commerce website, to your ads. And so then you're just better able to provide that great customer experience, whether they're shopping online or in person. Yeah, that's what we uh, experience a lot because we, um, I told you about Load B. We mm -hmm. have a platform and the brands upload the product content and um, then they choose a layout and um, for each and every single product, the product content will be structured in the layout that the brand defined. And that works very, very good if the brand has a well-structured um, content database. And that's where we experienced that, as you said, the Corona year or years, we can, <laughs> we can almost make the companies develop better databases, they, they made them or they forced them to improve in e-commerce. And we also experienced that they improved a lot when it comes to product information management and data set management. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the preconditions for them to distribute content. And now if they have the, the content well structured, they can simply distribute it into the product detail pages of more than 2000 online shops and into Amazon. It's already structured. They won't have to manage the content for all of their products. They, they simply, they simply choose a layout and then it will be, it will be shown in their layout and design and the retailers can't miss something because it will all be like injected into um, the product detail page. Mm -hmm. But it still all um, starts with the structured information and that's yes. that's the part. So you need structured information to get them into Lobby and then you can spread them wherever you want out Lobby. Yeah. That what, that's where we can so you, you choose your layout and we'll push it everywhere. But somehow we have to get it structured into Lobby. And mm -hmm. that's a big pain point where a lot of companies struggle to this day. <laughs> a yeah. lot of them will have to, okay, wow, um, all these online shops want all these different things from us. We'll send him five pictures here and we'll give him that here. And, you know, you, as you said, you can do it for a while. It's uh, pretty hard and it doesn't work uh, anymore as good as it did maybe in the past because now it's a lot more online business going on, a lot more shops wanting a lot more things and it's just getting harder and harder. Yeah, absolutely. I think poor organization wastes the potential of great content. If you can't find it, 
you know it exists, but you're, you don't know what folder, or what hard drive or, or where it is. That's a problem. But also exactly. we have to think about discoverability. Um, if you have multiple people working on these projects, they might not know it's been created, but they need to be able to discover what's available to support these different marketing campaigns or know what they can put into um, these different layouts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I read an article that you wrote about several types of product content. Maybe you can explain how, how that's meant. Yeah, um, I think a, a great challenge um, kind of in our spaces and in content in general is because it can it can mean so many different things. Um, so we helped kind of group these things, the product information, um, the information that's representing our products um, into three buckets of product data. So thinking the the SKUs, the weights, the sizes, the colors, the materials, the ingredients, um, the things your your engineering teams are creating. And it's really important that that information isn't changing throughout the process. And then you have things that more of our marketing teams are working on and e-commerce teams, the product marketing content bucket of the descriptions, the features, the benefits, and the upsell, cross-sell highlights. And then the third bucket of the digital assets. Um, the photos, the manuals, the videos, the graphics. And really, you need all three of these buckets to effectively communicate the value of your product um, throughout the customer experience. Yeah, that's that's a very good structure. And it's also like a, like a checklist mm -hmm. um, when creating content. Yeah, brand managers can, can simply um, use that as a checklist. Yeah, and, and of course, it's all about the, like the content that you communicate. Yeah, the message, the branding, of course, like the branding as a whole and the product branding. And I think that's the, yeah, the precondition to get credibility in the market. I think that's something you also wrote in your article. Yeah, and we have several file types and I think um, combining all of them is very um, good for the shopping experience of a customer in the online shop. I know that when we implemented um, augmented reality and 360 degree views, that the brands were very interested in that because they know how important it already is because now they have the advantage of the first mover. Like they offer AR content and all the people are fascinated by gamification of the mm -hmm. content. And they also know one day it will be standard and uh, customers will expect it. So a lot of brands asked, yeah, how can we, how can we do that? And we want to use that. And more and more brands develop augmented reality content. You, you mentioned the cross and upsell highlights. Mm -hmm. We also noticed that there are many brands that ask for solutions to, yeah, to establish their own brand upsell and cross-selling because they don't want to um, rely on the on the shops cross and upselling um, tools because there might be products of another brand like the competitors brands um, they don't want that of course i just experienced that um, recently um, looking for a new microwave and we wanted to get a trim kit which is a thing that can go around the microwave to kind of make it look nice fitting in the cabinet and I was shocked at how hard it was to just find a kit that would fit the microwave. You think as a brand that I would want to make it really easy to find the right one and then purchase that as well, instead of making me dig through these websites and trying to do different searches and filters. And it was just so frustrating that it wasn't just presented nicely for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. And it's, I, it's always, I think, the same thing, because if I buy a product of the brand, why not show me, exam uh, for example, I'm on this one product, but there's one higher version. 
give mm-hmm. me the option, give me the information. Maybe, maybe that's the better one for me. And I didn't even know about it. Or as you said, maybe I need something to add to the product or I want it. The brand's selling it anyway. Why not say, okay, this fits with this. Maybe you want this too. Sell more. Mm-hmm. Give the options, as you said. So don't make the customer look and work. Present it to him because he's going to buy it much faster or easier if you give it to him. Then if he has to look for it and he's frustrated and maybe he'll find the right part from a different manufacturer and then they lost their chance to sell it. Absolutely. In the end, it's important to have all of these types of data and content. So, Nate, you're an expert. What's your best advice for, let's say, a brand uh, that wants to optimize their product marketing content management? Mm-hmm. What can they do? Sure. So for managing the content, think about all the people that need to access to it and all the different places it's going to go. And I think that's going to really help guide the needs you're going to have for proper management. And it really comes down to organizing content for access, findability, and discoverability, uh, optimizing your content for use and repurposing. Um, You don't want to just create something once and then never be able to find it or use it again. Um, If you invest in um, creating a a great 360 image, um, not only is that great for your product page because you can now have your customer interact with that that spin. Maybe you can use up, freeze up image carousel images so you can now you know add in your lifestyle. And you can do that across platforms as more and more um, marketplaces are accepting those types of content. So really need to make sure your files are accessible so you can use it. And maybe you want to repurpose it. Maybe you want to add in different descriptions to an image or something um, so you can kind of give it new life. And that comes down to being able to access, find and and discover those assets. And then the third point is being able to deliver meaningful and connected customer experiences um, and using technology to help integrate your different internal and external systems. So there's kind of that seamless flow of information. So we're trying to, you know, simplify that telephone game we talked about where that information is always connected back to one source where it's updated and then synced across the different channels. And that's really going to help you uh, maintain accurate data and do it more efficiently. Oh, that's very good advice. Thank you very much, Nate. We're so lucky to have you here. We learned a lot today. And thank you very much for taking your time to talk with us. Thank you very much also to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Have a nice day. See you next time. Thanks for having me. Have a lot of fun. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.